Welcome to episode 12 of the Roundabout Town podcast. My name is Kevin Boniface and I've worked as a postman in West Yorkshire for over 25 years. Throughout this time I've kept a journal of my experiences in the hope that writing things down will somehow make them more comprehensive. I'm not sure it's worked. On my way into work, somebody throws a mango stone out of a first floor window and it lands on the pavement in front of me. I adjust my stride to avoid it, but it bounces and my foot comes down on top of it. I slide and then stumble but retain my balance. When I get into work, I tell Charlie about it and he tells me that yesterday he tripped up some steps at the sex shop on his round and knocked over a big display of dildos. At the textile wholesalers offices, the receptionist with the red lipstick and little round plastic rim specs is on the phone when I arrive with a delivery. She's discussing what seems like a complicated logistical operation and is waving her hands around while she talks to help her concentration. She pushes her specs up the bridge of her nose, lodges the receiver under her chin and waves me on to a colleague with a polite smile and a swoosh of a biro. The colleague wears a faded black jersey smock and an intimidating scowl. I hand her the package and she studies the paperwork while the receptionist continues with her phone call. It turns out she's organising the feeding of her boss's cat. His meeting looks like it's turning into an overnighter, so she's decided to liaise with Margaret and get hold of a key. The woman with the scowl breaks off from dealing with my delivery when her phone rings. Oh, fucking hell, she says as she goes to answer it. She picks up. I've sent it yesterday, she says. I don't know why he sent a reminder. She replaces the handset and flicks the V's at it before filling in my docket and handing it back to me. Forty-four today, exclaims the woman in the skinny jeans as I hand over a parcel. I'm behaving very irresponsibly for a grandma. Well, I will be later. I'm going to get hammered. She glances up at me and her eyes widen in surprise. Oh my God, she says. I don't believe it. She drops the parcel and runs back inside the house. Wait there, she shouts. This is such an amazing coincidence. I've got a hat exactly like yours. I can hear her rummaging around in the front room. It's here somewhere. Wait there. I wait on the step until the woman shouts again. Here it is. She appears in the doorway. Ta-da! She exclaims, jazz hands either side of her face. On her head is a hat that resembles mine in so much that it's a hat, but apart from that it couldn't be more different. Mine is a structured cap in a light blue and green check. It has a rigid peak and an adjustable band. Hers is a floppy plain brown beret with a row of five metal studs around the front. I feign amazement, wish her a happy birthday and go back to my van. Mrs Dyson's bathrobe blows off a washing line and onto the windscreen of a red Ferrari 348. Two men in a battered transit pickup with household radiator greedy boards crawl by, eyeing the gardens for scrap. The passenger, a thin man with a torn t-shirt and very few teeth, holds a pornographic centrefold out of the window as they pass. My bird, he yells, this is my bird. 
You know her from number 14, says Mrs. Carr from behind the counter of the shop. Yeah, I say. Well, every time she comes in here, she's different. One day she's a goth, one day she's like normal, like white, normal. And then yesterday she came in and she was a bloody Muslim. Out in the sticks, the underlying murmur of people in tight shorts commenting on the warm weather to one another all day along is occasionally punctuated with the noise of power tools and the yelping of small dogs. A well-spoken man in a Panama hat stops to talk to two elderly women who are picnicking on a bench by the canal. He tells them about a garden party he's been to in Bradford. I don't know how you ladies feel about Bradford. You might find it a bit foreign. I'm from Bradford, so you better watch what you're saying, says the woman with the photochromic lenses before pointing out a heron with a sandwich. The fine weather has brought out the clover, the daisies, the bird's foot trefoil, the mother dye, the buttercups, the foxgloves, the honeysuckle, and the old woman with the specks on a chain who shuffles past a pile of dried dog shit in her open-toed sandals. A large moth is caught mid-flight by a pied wagtail who smashes it against the asphalt of the Rooney's driveway. The moth escapes briefly, but the wagtail chases it down again, stamps on it and pecks at it. Again the moth limps free, half flying and half bouncing across the Rooney's lawn. The wagtail moves in a third time and the moth is finally dispatched. It's a big meal, and the bird struggles to swallow it before flitting off somewhere amongst the Rooney's statues of raccoons pushing wheelbarrows and playing guitars. I knock at the door of the old manor house. Come in, ladies, says a voice from inside. I open the door a crack and shout, It's the postman! Come on in, girls, says the voice again. It's the postman, I shout again. Oh, soup for lunch, how lovely! says the voice it's the postman i say walking in with the mail oh look it's the postman says the smart old man in the damask armchair at the house on the ridge the man with the wire-rimmed glasses grey sweatshirt and jeans is making use of the pejorative overtones of the word titivate as he describes his neighbour's new led outdoor lighting display an old camper van passes with one life live it across the front and i wonder whether this sentiment was on the owner's mind during the time he spent badly applying the decals of moose and wolves to its back doors on the terrace above the engineering works i knock at the bleached pink front door but nobody comes i try again but still no one answers as i'm writing out a notification card a woman in tight jeans and big round glasses comes out of the house next door. He's definitely in, she says. Give him another knock. I knock hard on the door. Still no reply. I'll ring him, says the woman, producing an old pre-smartphone mobile from her pocket. She dials the number and stands on a step as it rings, biting her lip and craning her neck to try and see into her neighbour's front room. There's no answer. I know he's in, she says and she jumps over the low wall between the houses. She shields the reflection from the window with her hand and peers in. There he is! He's there! She shouts, and she bangs on the window and jumps around, waving. A few seconds later, an elderly man opens the door. Hiya, lad, he says. I don't know why I didn't hear you. Sorry. The woman from next door shouts across. Have you got your hearing aid in, Ernest? Sorry, love, what was that? Says Ernest. 
The woman winks at me and addresses him again. I'm off to the shop later, is there anything you need? Sorry love, I don't know why I didn't hear you, says Ernest. This episode of Roundabout Town was written and produced by me, Kevin Boniface, at Westview Study Centre for no good reason, with original music by Kevin and Edie Boniface. Roundabout Town is published in paperback by Uniform Books, and my collection of short stories, sports and social will be published in September by Blue Moose Books. Please like and subscribe.